from India's largest newsroom, I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. Occasionally, we'll be reaching back into our archives to pull out an episode that we think is still particularly relevant. Today's episode is one of them. Happy listening. Sleep is not about arithmetic. It's about architecture. It's not that you have slept for four hours in the afternoon and four hours at night and that is eight hours. No. It's about deep sleep and dream sleep which has to alternate. And sleep is like a building. It is like it is an architecture. You need to have the architecture of the sleep correct which means you need to sleep for seven hours and when you when you really, really wake up you should be feeling fresh for the day. More poetically, as Shakespeare described in Macbeth, sleep is the balm of hurt minds and chief nourisher in life's feast. The innocent sleep, sleep that knits up the raveled sleeve of care, the death of each day's life, sore labor's bath, balm of hurt minds, great nature's second cause. What do you mean? But what happens when a pandemic comes along? and in its wake, upends not just our world, but also our sleep. Data from multiple studies that have sampled 4,93,475 people from 49 countries suggests that 41% of these people have reported sleep disturbances in the last two years. Among them, people who contracted COVID, children and adolescents reported the highest instances of sleep disturbance. And then there are people like the 42-year-old homemaker from Saharanpur, whom you'll hear next, who was so disturbed by the lockdown, the social isolation, and she was so gripped by the fear of COVID that she slipped into depression, which manifested in acute insomnia. ऐसा कि सबको यकीन ही नहीं होता था कि ये भी डिप्रेशन में जा सकती है या ये भी कोरोना के मतलब इसको भी कुछ प्रॉब्लम हो सकती है लेकिन वो कोरोना की वजह से ये बहुत बड़ी डिस्टरबेंस आई पहले मैं यहीं पर ट्रीटमेंट ले रही थी सारंगपुर से ही लेकिन मेरी हालत बहुत बिगड़ गई थी मेरे को कुछ अच्छा नहीं लगता था पूरी रात सोती नहीं थी सवेरे वॉमिट सोती थी और पूरा दिन ऐसे निकल जाता था सारा दिन मैं लेटी रहती थी मेरे को अच्छा नहीं लगता था बहुत डिस्टर्ब हो गई थी जिससे मेरा 10 केजी वेट भी लूज हो गया था और भूख भी नहीं लगती थी मेरे को हालांकि मैंने सारे टेस्टिंग करवाई थी मेरी नॉर्मल आई थी टेस्टिंग लेकिन मुझे अपने जैसे एक वो होता है ना कि कॉम्प्लेक्स आ जाता है वो मेरे अंदर बहुत ज्यादा आ गया था कॉम्प्लेक्स हां सब लोग कहते थे पैरों के तलवों की मालिश करो तो नींद आ जाएगी लेकिन मेरे को कुछ फर्क नहीं पड़ा मैं सिर की भी मालिश मेरा बहुत बुरा हाल हो गया था लेकिन मैं अब बहुत हूं मैं मेडिसिन ले रही हूं लेकिन मैं अब सुखी हूं Dr. Manveer Bhatia, neurologist, sleep specialist and author of The Sleep Solution, says the number of patients reporting sleep issues has gone up markedly 
and lays out the changes she has seen in the various phases of the pandemic. The numbers have markedly gone up. The people who are coming forward with the sleep complaints. That's one thing. Um, and as the numbers come forward, the, the, the problems have also changed. Poor sleep uh, is needs to be approached and seen from a very different angle rather than just this one line that I can't sleep and let me go and take Zolpidem or Alprazolam or something. At what point should one realize that it's, it's a more serious thing and they need help? Because everybody has bouts of sleeplessness, right? Which yeah. they automatically recover from. So this we used to call, I mean, the classifications, like, you know, in the technical terms, they keep changing. But there used to be a term, which was a good term, called as adjustment insomnia. Uh, so that was just like a short-term thing that you are, any new thing which changes in your life or any event which happens, you take a while. And the first thing to get disturbed is your sleep. So it takes a few days and it comes back to its pattern. But when it becomes chronic or long, uh, when it is persistent, so now they have some criteria that more than three days in a week for more at least three weeks in a month and more than three months uh, that if you are having these issues. So now we also define it that it's not only by the night, but it's also by the symptoms in the day. So you can have uh, difficulty in falling asleep. You can have what is called as difficulty in maintaining sleep that you can't sleep through the night. And you have something called as early morning awakening. Or the fourth thing you have is a very unrested sleep. So these are the four night complaints that people come forward with. And the morning is then waking up tired. Uh, physical aches and pains. Headaches can come up a lot. Mood changes. Irritability. Uh, feeling low. Continuously anxious. Uh, and cognitive problems, uh, concentration, attention. So we now know that there has to be the night complaints and the day complaints together for us to call them an insomnia. That's the one understanding that has developed. Second is uh, there are numerous models, as you said, that a lot of people go through these very mild adjustment insomnias and then they come out of it. But if they are persistent, chronic, causing these daytime symptoms, uh, making you seek help that you want something to be done. We don't give importance to sleep. See, people know a lot about nutrition now, what food to eat. And I think maybe the nutritionists, the media, everybody has paid a lot of attention, focus to that. Then comes the fitness that, okay, I must do exercise, how much exercise, how many times in a day. But the sleep part is just not considered. So, you know, we start by saying that you spend one third of your life so obviously it has to have some meaning, some effect. So first thing we try and say is that, okay, so why do we sleep? But it's good for mental health. It's good for emotional health. It's very good for your maintaining your physical health, like your blood pressure, blood sugar, cardiac output, concentrate oxygen to the brain. It's also very good for immunity. And it's also something called as emotional regulation which is what is also becoming very frightening, that you can keep your balance well in simple terms if you have slept well. You're not going off the spark. When something like a pandemic happens, 
this is a kind of a mass trauma that has happened to people so what how should people respond and everybody of course has different levels of resilience but at what time should people say okay i need help so in sleep uh, coming back to this we have a model uh, so it's it's a very simple model which was said by a, uh, a doctor some time years ago but it's called as a 3p model so first p is the predisposing factor so either genetically or by our personality or by your own traits <clears throat> i simply say that some people are warriors and some are not you know you some people have like water on a duck's back and some people are very sensitive you say one thing so that's the predisposing condition which you may have which can predispose you to get insomnia then comes an event <clears throat> which is called as a second p that's a precipitating event so this happened the p when became a double p it became the pandemic but like we were mentioning any small thing can it upset an individual sleep so but mostly from this predisposing people and they have a precipitating event when event goes away they have a little bad sleep for 2 3 days or weeks or whatever they bounce back to their previous but <clears throat> possibly by this length of the pandemic and individuals approach to insomnia is the third p Uh, which is called as the perpetuating factors so what do we do wrong to prolong that insomnia from acute or short term it becomes chronic usme ye sab cheeze hain you start seeking help with the sleeping pills uh, you start worrying a lot about sleep will i sleep will i not sleep the whole day long this thought goes on uh, discussion with the family friends i don't think i'll sleep again morning when you get wake up you associate the night with your day and you start projecting that i don't think i can work today i didn't do this because my sleep was not good i'm angry because my sleep was not good and then it gave people free time so they started getting into bed at all times what is called as catch up sleep that you know i think i should try and get into bed maybe i'll sleep there is a belief in a lot of people that okay i stayed up maybe i'll catch my sleep over the weekend or or you know i'll take an afternoon uh, siesta and so people calculate 8 hours or 7 hours and break it up and break it up so so unfortunately it doesn't work like that the night sleep na it it's not we are not in one continuous state so we go through these different stages which thanks to these variables everybody knows that there is deep sleep there is light sleep there is some dream sleep whatever so each of these stages has a different role to maintain our health to put it very simply and we need to spend an adequate or a required amount of time in each stage so if you are sleeping 8 hours but 6 hours is light sleep and maybe 1 hour in the dream or whatever you have not got your quality sleep why is it important there is secretion of hormones at night there is the immune system which comes now there is actually a very big uh, focus on the cleansing of the brain at night so there's like a fluid in simple terms i'll just put it it's a lot of research has gone into it but the fluid gushes in the brain and cleans out all the muck it's like a vacuum washing washing it's like exactly they said it's like a big hose pipe opens puts and removes the junk so if that is not removed the thought is now that that clumps and is responsible for for the dementia 
or memory problems. So all the people who feel that I can do without sleep, they're going to be in for, I mean, it does other things. It hardens the aligning of the arteries, et cetera. But this cleaning of the brain is a very, very, uh, so coming back to this thing that can I do catch up sleep? Uh, so what will catch up sleep make you do? It may probably make you feel a little bit less fatigue, which we all know, but will it do or will it, perform the function which that night was supposed to do? No. So there was a very big study some time back, a very simple study that um, in US that they gave uh, students, really medical students, engineering students, and they measured their glucose before and after, and they gave them or they allowed them to sleep very less hours. And they found one night of decreasing the sleep, the, the students were not able to handle the sugar load. Just one night. One night. Similar experiments have been done with the immune function. They were given a common cold, like a virus spray before all this, and uh, measured their immunity and their ability to fall sick. And those who had had less sleep were more predisposed to fall sleep, sick. The other pandemic which we are seeing is of anxiety. <laughs> what role... Does anxiety play with sleep? So anxiety, so to understand this, we need to understand what happens in anxiety. So when we say anxiety, people, what happens in the body? So we are releasing a lot of chemicals. Those chemicals are something like wake-promoting chemicals. So imagine if you were to go to bed at night and you start thinking about something and planning something. So you are actually waking yourself up and sleep will not come. People were studied and they found the worst were the ones who got the COVID. Large thousands of populations have been studied. Multiple countries have been studied. And second was the health workers. And third was the others. So if the numbers were like 50%, 40%, 30%. So those people who got it actually got really anxious. One, they were kind of in their own environments at home in one room. And I'm still seeing people who have come out of that, but their sleep has not got better. Because that anxiety, uh, either the ones who got it, had it, then the people around them got very anxious. They've also got insomnia. And then what has happened is a person got it once, but now is so scared of the second one that we know this Omicron was not too bad, but they are the second the insomnia has again surfaced very badly again. So anxiety, that's what it does to your body. But there's another thought now that uh, the sleep and this mental health, whether it's anxiety or depression, the two most commonest ones, they run together. <clears throat> so it's like the chicken and the egg story. So is there an underlying anxiety, depression sitting there and the symptom coming forward is, is sleep? And okay. so that's... And people now we know that if you have this chronic insomnia, <clears throat> which is not getting better, please look for underlying um, anxiety, depression. So, you know, I do have psychologists with me. If we have people who are chronically insomniac and we are not able to come, we do need help to figure out what is it that we are missing. And then in those people, this Zolpidem is not going to do a thing. So at what point should one reach out for help? 
I think two major things. One, if you find that this poor sleep is affecting you and your day, it's you're definitely sure that I cannot just function, whichever way. And second, if you are getting dependent on any sleep aid, so that could be tablets, it could be alcohol, it could be marijuana, a lot of things that people are telling each other do this. Sure. So then I think there's a time to think that don't get dependent, you know. So even if your day is okay, you feel I'm taking the tablet, but I'm okay in the day. But how long will you take the tablet? So I think that just, we should also just talk about, so why are we talking about these tablets in such a bad manner? What is the harm? You know, we have enough proof now that one, they will produce tolerance. That means the efficacy in which they produce. Yesterday, I saw a gentleman who's taken it for two years and he said, I was sleeping fine. But now he came in such an anxious state that there's no sleep. According to him, day and night, day and night, I'm awake and I am. I cannot function. I'm just crashing. I said, no, the lady the other day, she has same problem. She said, stopped working. So then you will increase the dose. Then people are taking multiple times in the night. They wake up, they take one, they wake up, they take one. It goes on like that. So what does it do? Okay, they say we take one and we are okay. It will, like I said, the sleep which we get with this is not equal to the sleep which you get otherwise, which has that function of brain cleansing, etc. It will not happen. So you are heading for a memory problem. And of course, all the other things which can come with addiction. So I think these are the two, three main things one has to remember. That if I'm taking a tablet, how long am I going to take it? That question nobody asks themselves. Am I increasing the dose? The moment you feel that it stopped working, you're increasing the dose, please take help. There's a lot of talk about sleep hygiene, but most of us are unable to because you know, you're just dealing with so many problems. And also our work day, thanks to work from home, has really got extended. Yeah. yeah. Right? So what can a regular person battling anxiety, work problems, managing home and sleep problems Typically, what can that person do? Yeah, you're right, actually. So that's what now the thoughts recently are all focusing that we should not force the sleep hygiene. In fact, the real sleep researchers, I was, you know, they have been talking that uh, giving so many instructions, what to do at night, what to do, what not to do, is making people anxious. So this big thing in this whole insomnia uh, approach is that we personalize the approach to that individual. If somebody has a difficulty in falling asleep, I have a different approach. If somebody has a difficulty in maintaining sleep, we have a different approach. And for that, we need to understand the individual completely. So I need what is called as a 24-hour history. What do you do from morning till night? Your exercise, your coffee, whatever you do. What is your mood like? Who all are at home? Your environment? Is your environment conducive to sleep? So we need a lot of information. Any other medical problems, any other medications that you're on, any snoring, any discomfort in the leg. So basically what we are trying to do is to find the cause of the insomnia. So you're saying that invariably there is an underlining cause which may impact your sleep. Yeah, so it could be simple. It could be just like your bad sleeping hour, sleeping um, habits. So it doesn't have to be a very serious cause. For that individual, then I give one rule. 
simple thing that if you are fluctuating your bedtime, that some days I get into bed at 10, but some days I get into bed at 2.33. So the day I get into bed at 10, I can't sleep, so I take a pill. So something like that, we need to make them understand that just rule number one, just please keep a fixed bedtime. Choose it, choose 11, 12, then be happy with 11, 12. But that's very crucial. You're saying a fixed routine, a fixed yeah. sleeping time. Yeah. And a fixed wake up time. So we set what is called as a body clock. So those people who then come and tell me that, oh, you are putting our life to an end by saying don't party. So <laughs> then I say, then you choose three o'clock. No, then be happy with three. If you want three to 10, three to 11, then do it. But don't get into bed at 10 and think that three nights I will sleep at uh, 10, but three nights I will sleep at three. So fixed. So what I'm trying to say is, please, for everybody, this, all those rules, that those 10 rules of sleep hygiene, don't apply to everybody. Pick out one thing that you are doing wrong, change one thing at one given time, wait, and then introduce the other thing. So like, but some people do multiple things wrong. Like they will do this, then they will get up the next day at 12 noon. So if you get up at 12 noon, I tell them that you've already brought part of your night into your day. Hmm. You know, something like that. Or then they will, some people get up in the morning, but then get into bed at 11 a.m. And then they say, I'll take another nap. You know, so we need to understand what is it in the day which will interfere with the night, what is in the night. If people want to watch a little TV and sleep, it's fine, but have a fixed time to put it off. But if you want to relax with TV, you now somebody's told you at eight o'clock, put everything off and just sit in bed till two hours, it's not going to work. So personalized approach uh, and thus the specialists come into play that, you know, don't apply everything. So I have people who say, I've done homeopathy, I've done Ayurveda, I have done this, I have done that, nothing works. Well, you mentioned alcohol. Uh, or, or like you know, having a talk, like so. Those those things. A lot of people feel that okay, it calms me down. That's the general. Yes. Why yes. are they necessarily bad for your sleep? So we know. See, alcohol has a lot of effect on the sleep. So, firstly, I mean, if it's a limited quantity, and away from bedtime, so maybe I can guess it's okay if it's that. Larger quantities, very close to bedtime. What do they do to your brain is what I'm, we need to understand. So they will induce the sleep. But after some time, the levels of the alcohol drop in the blood. And then they will break you up. So it's called as fragmented sleep. And it has also got some worsening effect on people who are snoring, for instance. Alcohol will relax the muscles a lot more. It doesn't allow the depth of the sleep to come. So you'll wake up feeling more tired, unrested. You know, so coming to the same thing that the quality sleep is not going to be attained by any of these measures. The number of hours you sleep is not necessarily the same as getting good quality sleep. Yeah, so and the latter is more important. All are important. So one is the quantity, which is what the number of hours, which everybody understands. Second is quality and third is the timing. So a lot of people have an impression that they sleep at 4 a.m. You add eight hours, nine hours. I have somebody who's sleeping at 3 a.m. and getting up at 3 p.m. So 
they think that's fine no i've got my eight, nine hours i got more than so why should i be bothered so that's again because the light outside when it gets dim there's a hormone which comes up which is melatonin so when melatonin peaks thyroid hormones are controlled adrenal hormones cortisol everything is controlled by this night timing so there's a big body of people who are what are called as circadian rhythm specialists uh their thought is that half of our diseases are because we are going against the timing our the gastrointestinal endocrinal everything is insulin resistance obesity so that you stay awake at night you will munch and eat and there'll be craving to eat carbohydrate rich food you know so it's it's kind of linked uh, brings us down to the basic thing that have a routine whether you work from home whether we work in an office or you know physical whether you are not working you should have a routine dr bhatia when you have a bad night what do you tell yourself <laughs> what do i tell myself first thought that it comes is oh my god i hope i'm not developing what my patients have <laughs> actually seeing it was i get i uh, so i have sometimes delayed falling asleep but then like i understand so why am i having a delayed falling asleep so if i watched something uh, now i can't watch something very stimulating at night on tv so i have decided not to watch now uh, have a fixed time to switch that thing off and if i exceeded then i know it's because of that so i know caffeine is very bad for me so i cannot have coffee after a certain time i usually start um, uh, doing some relaxing techniques so i do this uh, deep breathing which kind of helps a lot so you just inhale four hold four and exhalate uh, and honestly by the time you do it a few times you have to learn what calms your brain down besides using these sleep aids that is one mm-hmm. and uh, the other thing that i have done i think it's happened a lot more in the pandemic actually is that i have started waking up a lot earlier but once i'm up i get out of bed whatever the time is and that's for the routine we have to tell our patients that do not lie in bed and keep hoping like this morning my i woke up really very early so i kept thinking that i have a very long day so you tell yourself that i should rest but then i just had a shower and i walked out so in january also it was very bad but i kept deciding that i will so once you walk out actually that um, which has worked is like a switch in the brain uh, which tells you tells your brain that okay shut the sleep thing off another day will start so i think each one of us has to find out what can i do to relax and uh keep the wake up time fixed and definitely keep a time for some routine and some exercise it's not that you switch off the light switch off the computer the brain will switch off so give yourself that time don't get anxious do not take a pill just learn to calm yourself whatever works for you you want to read you want to music you want to chat but something very mild so the brain calms down so those then naturally if we allow it in fact the the dictum now is that just be natural let it come sleep will come don't fight it don't wait for it don't get worried about it mumbai based psychiatrist dr hari shetty who works extensively with children and adolescents reports a 500% increase in sleep issues among his patients but he also cautions that all sleep deprivation is not necessarily insomnia
there is insomnia but there's also sleep deprivation and the latter is worse than insomnia so when i say there is insomnia i see children not being able to sleep on time munching away all night putting on weight and not sleeping so insomnia and obesity are linked so when you don't when you cannot sleep your hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis that is the stress axis of the body goes for a toss there's a steroid rain in the brain which causes increased appetite the appetite suppressant hormone acts very slowly the appetite stimulating hormone works faster and you see munching and not sleeping at the same time you have sleep deprivation which is a very common cause which is a very dangerous cause for the young and they push their sleep because they are addicted to a lot of screens if they destroy their stress circuits the entire body is going will go for a toss the orchestra of the body will go for a toss and they will be prone to physical and psychological illnesses very early in life but there's another aspect to it and that is the young who have faced a lot of trauma death in the family due to covid or loss of job in the family due to covid and also loss of grades yes loss of their dreams because they could not go to the college they aspired they did not get the grades that was required to go to the college they aspired again can cause a lot of insomnia and sleep deprivation lastly what is also very important is that lifestyle in the sense kids were used to going to gyms the young would go to gyms they would go for a jog they would do exercise they would do surya namaskar and all that has really stopped and that has caused a lot of stress leading to insomnia and sleep deprivation at the same time when the kids have seen their families working at homes so the home is a school the home is a playground the home is an office the home is a is a restaurant and 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 everything so that also has caused a lot of distress lot of pain and overcrowding seeing the mother's face 24 by 7 is not a good idea seeing their father's face 24 by 7 is not a good idea and a lot of irritability in the house because the fear of pandemic can either numb you hmm. or can cause a chemical reaction by which you can become very irritable and irritability leads to insomnia and then subsequent sleep deprivation also good sleep he adds can regulate blood pressure sugar levels and it is the biggest natural mood manager uh, by the way minan insomnia can shorten your lives insomnia can lead to heart attacks increase in sugar values and and also a lot of other physical problems i still remember this man diabetic and he was he had a disturbed sleep because diabetes and depression are first cousins and when they when he was treated for depression his sugar levels went down so what is very important is that uh, a sleep is a mood lifter or a mood enhancer or also a mood manager uh, for all human beings and the human race today's episode was produced by jairaj singh sunai marathe and anuja singh for a daily spotlight on people ideas and stories that matter subscribe to us 
We're available on TY Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at typodcast at timesinternet.in.